Welcome to Night Scare. Short stories to give you a chill. The young girl screamed at the top of her lungs one day, running into the living room, blood dripping down her hand. My blackout only lasted minutes, but on my end, I felt gone for days. Does it not interest you how one letter word can alter and change another person without even needing to lay a hand on them? Our first story is entitled Gaslighting, written by Michaela Gardner and narrated by James Merritt. Gaslighting is a tempting term that wants to take your sanity and place it in a blender. Beware of being gaslighted. The purpose of gaslighting is to gain control over your ability to perceive the truth. Your abuser does not want you to believe your perceptions. They want you to believe their version of reality. Gaslighting is the art of making someone else believe ridiculous lies. I would tell you to calm down that you aren't such a person. But I would be wrong. You see, everyone is a gaslighter in their own sort of way. But depending on how far you go, determines if the title should be embroidered into your thick skin. Control. Everyone craves it once in a while, but how far are you willing to go to gain it? While many may think the best way to obtain authority over something is by using physical force, there is a more terrifying method. Psychological manipulation, in which one person can figuratively drill a hole into their victim's minds and do what they please with it. While complete control isn't there, the way their victim thinks and feels will be determined by the gaslighter. For example, you might be on the verge of developing something great. While your friend tells you the idea is there, they continue to criticize and point out all the flaws and consequences that would happen because of it. They'll make sure to throw in some compliments about how smart you are, but then continue to question your ability. More than likely, they're hoping that you neglect to carry out your idea. Maybe for envious reasons, or perhaps they don't want to see you succeed. This won't be their only attempt to bring you down either. Are you following? I know this might be confusing, but try not to think too hard about it. I knew a little girl named Penny, who had a friend called Denny. The two were inseparable, with an measurable reason, of course. He didn't seem to have a home, except the one where Penny resided. Imaginary was, but Penny would argue he was nothing of the sort. Just because no one could see him didn't mean he wasn't there. He was no ghost, she would agree, but it was her mother's idea to make friends, and she did just that. Sure, she couldn't see him, but that didn't matter. Denny would tell Penny to mess with her mom by doing silly things like taking her car keys and placing them somewhere else in the house, or moving her phone a little farther down the table. Of course, Penny would not admit to doing these things, although being the only other person in the house, her mother knew it was her. As time progressed, and the young child got a little older, she declined to rid the existence of Denny and continued to blame her mother for this, saying that if she were able to go out more and act like a normal child her age, she wouldn't have such a silly imaginary friend. Gaslighting was what she was doing, 
She had no motivation to go out and make real friends when she had the sole one her mother had encouraged her to get when the constant complaining of being bored was brought to her. Being a single parent, her mother had no choice but to call a counselor, seeing as her daughter was so attached to this non-existent being to the point where she defended him as if he were real. Her mother began blaming herself for this, noting that every counselor she had her daughter see and brought to the house didn't observe anything wrong with the girl, but instead insisted that the distraught parents spent too much time worrying. At school, her teachers called her a real pleasure to have in class and that she never got in trouble for anything. What Penny wasn't telling her was that she knew Denny wasn't real. Imaginary friends were for babies, and she was nearly 13, but unfortunately, it was the enjoyment of watching her mother's sanity crumble over time that made her keep doing it. She loved her mother, why wouldn't she? It was just entertaining to watch her blame herself for things that were not her fault, to know that she's able to manipulate the older woman's mind psychologically and have a distinct amount of control over the way she thinks and feels. It eventually got to the point where the mother stopped trying to correct her daughter in her most fortunate ways and evidently succumbed to them. Mom! The young girl screamed at the top of her lungs one day, running into the living room with blood dripping down her hand. Her mother had been on her hands and knees trying to scrub a stain off the floor. The woman could have sworn she had a bottle of name brand carpet cleaner, in which she did, but Penny had taken it from the cupboard and dumped it out, telling her mom that she was getting old and for that reason, she forgets things. What happened? Panic set in as she struggled to get up off the floor. You left the stupid knife in the sink and I cut myself because of it. This was a lie. While there was soapy water sitting in the tub, a knife wasn't something that was hidden beneath it. It was things like this that helped her mother dwell into depression. She felt as if her parenting skills were suffering to the brink of nothing, and she was not able to be the mother of her only daughter that she wished to be. Penny noticed this and would blame herself for acting out of context, and sometimes she would admit to specific lies, but with teary eyes would apologize and make up for it. The only reason why she did this was to calm her mother temporarily and make her think everything was going to be okay, that she wasn't acting as crazy as she thought, but only to drop another bombshell just when things were starting to get better. Needless to say, by the time Penny reached the age of 15, her mother had ended her life. As heartbroken as the now orphan girl was, deep down she had an idea something along the lines of that would happen. Hurt and anger were replaced with a feeling of pride. The more she thought about it, the more she realized that she was the cause of another human being spiraling into madness. It was a power in all truth if she was able to contort the way someone perceived something, and the only reality they submitted to was her own. Why wouldn't she take it as only the beginning? Friends weren't needed. Well, maybe Denny, because if it weren't for him, then she wouldn't have discovered the art of gaslighting. She could use her sorrow and angst as a hook line, and once she was able to get under the skin of an individual, everything else would only be reeling them in. Do you understand now, even the slightest? It's art, one of which is heavily looked down upon. This is quite saddening. It is fascinating, amazing to see how the human mind works. It's such a powerful tool that makes up your entire existence. Does it not interest you how one eight-letter word can alter and change another person without even needing to lay a hand on them? Do not underestimate the capability of what this title can and will do to you. Think about everything you wanted to do, but found yourself not doing because of something someone said or the fear that a particular group of people, if not more, would judge you for it. Wouldn't you like to feel as if you don't need to worry about anything anymore? 
Why let people control you when you can control them? Gaslighting. Your brain is a powerful weapon. Why not use it to its greatest capability? No matter what anybody says, you are not a terrible person if you gaslight. They just can't perceive the truth the way you do, and unfortunately, are missing out on an experience so great, it'll make you fear death only because the control would be out of your hands. Again, this isn't putting someone on a leash and walking them like a dog. This is only helping another person see reality the way you do. Just because I do it, doesn't make me a monster. If I can't persuade you to do what I do, then maybe I can turn you into my next victim. The more I ponder, the more I wonder if I'm Penny or Denny. I tell my tales, alter the truth, weave in lies. But if you choose not to join me, and then I guess you might want to reconsider the definition. The purpose of gaslighting is to gain control over one's ability to perceive the truth. You want them to believe your version of reality. Gaslighting is the art of making someone else believe. Our second story is entitled, It's Not a Disorder, written by Michaela Gardner and narrated by Ellie Hirschman. The doctors told me it was normal to see the strange hallucinations that occurred frequently. Hypnagogic, they called it. Usually short experiences in which one might see, hear, or feel something that isn't real, while shifting from being awake to falling asleep. I had mentioned that I also suffer when I wake up. Hypnopompic, contrary to its sibling, occurs when one is waking from slumber. No one understood the cruelty I underwent. It is not a disorder. I do not see ghosts of any sort. Now, I was young, maybe about the age of six, when these disorders started to transpire. I had mentioned them to my parents, but they told me the same thing, that it was normal. So I passed it off as nothing. Pictures, drawings, sloppy works of art I would scribble on paper. The scribbles would represent the illusions that would flash before my eyes. My artistic skills weren't the best, so anyone I showed it to just brushed it off as one of those disturbing portraits a child would make. My small voice wasn't loud enough for anyone to take seriously. I had a seizure when I was nine, one of which I'd never had up until said moment. My blackout only lasted minutes, but on my end, I felt gone for days. I was standing in the pit of oblivion, phantasms chasing after me as I continued running a never-ending path. I had no idea where I was going, but my heart felt that if I kept going in one direction, then maybe I'd reach the end. What was odd about this was simple. The apparitions were never gaining on me. When I stopped to take a breath, they continued to chase me, but they never got any closer. By the age of about 12, the hallucinations started to occur in my dreams, which I found strange. Nightmares they were, but possibly it was a sense of reality I felt. The dreams manipulated as if they were but a figment of my imagination, and I wasn't truly asleep. For why would I see myself in the exact same situation as I was right before I went to bed? Mirror images they were, 
Some mornings when I awoke, it appeared that I didn't sleep the night before, but I wouldn't remember staying up. I'd get scolded for this no matter how many times I tried to defend myself by arguing the truth. It was affecting my schoolwork, and because of that I was accused of not trying hard enough. I was told that if I stopped screwing around, then maybe I would do better. Mentally, I had the proof. Physically, I had my drawings. But how could I make someone believe me with just those? They would think I have issues. I kept my habit of drawing, although I couldn't seem to grasp the necessary skills to make it look good. As they may have been better than they were six years ago, they still looked like a mess. I still drew what I saw, though. Why would I stop? It was the only way I could document what no one would understand. Perhaps when I aged, I would have a story to tell. These I kept hidden, tucking them up under my bed to prevent anyone besides myself from getting a hold of them. By the age of 15, if I were to talk to someone for more than three minutes, the apparitions would surround them and act as if they were going to devour their subject or just cloud the face of the person I was conversing with. It wasn't fear that gripped me. It was not being able to rid them from my sight that I struggled to handle. During class, I would often take glances at a specific corner of the room where the mirages would usually take form. My teacher caught on and asked me to stay after class one day. Is there something in my room that bothers you? He asked me. But my eyes kept darting back to the corner because what I saw kept fading in and out and each time it would draw closer. That was enough for him to take me to the counselor. He described my persona as inattentive, unresponsive to class participation, exhausted. I agreed with him on the last part, for it became a habit of mine to stay up until a little past midnight. Not that I wanted to, but something unique conjured. That was when I could hear the voices. Disorientation is what my images became, because I attempted to draw what I could hear. Murmurs, susurrus that I couldn't make out, but each time I heard them I thought I could faintly understand what was said. I still couldn't grasp what it was they were trying to tell me, or if they were even speaking to me at all but the fact that I could hear them at all bothered me. I repeatedly went through sketchbook after sketchbook while trying to discover a connection. I was driving myself mad, almost to where the hallucinations didn't even bother me anymore. I needed to figure out the meaning behind the voices. They have to mean something, right? Why would I be able to hear them if they didn't mean anything? My inclining obsession led to my parents taking a trip to the hospital, except they were only concerned about my growing insomnia. I wasn't going to tell anyone the actual reason I couldn't sleep. Do you know what they would do to me? Being studied was bad enough, but transferring me to some mental ward would be downright absurd. Disorder after disorder, they tried to classify me. I wanted to bust their heads in, really. I longed to hurt anyone that wouldn't let me think and accused me of not coming to terms with the obvious. Time was not on my side. Each day was one less I had to figure out if I could crack the code. A game is what my mind repeatedly told me this was, just a hoax that I was to believe. Eighteen years old, and I succumbed to their diagnoses, but not because I believed they were right. For three years, I was brought nothing new but the same occurrences I went through from when I was six all the way up to my present age. The hallucinations more or less blended in with society, and I became oblivious to their presences, but not the voices. The voices filled my ears and abused my mind, wanting nothing more than to question my sanity. It got so bad that I was the victim of another seizure, this being different than the one prior. My blackout 
was more grueling, torturing me as I couldn't escape the murmurs. Remember how I told you that when I was nine I was being chased, but it didn't seem like it was going to catch me? Well, this time was different, because it did. Nails dug into my shoulders as I was yanked backwards, falling into... I awoke from the seizure, or maybe I didn't. Time was never on my side, so I'm not sure if I've been out for minutes or days. You see, what I suffer from is nothing a doctor could diagnose. Yes, one may argue I have a mixture of different disorders, but I do not. I've been stuck in darkness for a time unknown, surrounded by hallucinations and voices. I don't bother trying to run. I physically cannot handle it without my legs giving out. It was torturous, but no matter how much I screamed and begged for someone, anyone, to hear me, the only answer I received were the cries that mocked my own. I was grabbed at, scratched, but I couldn't feel pain. It was as if I was living in a hell on repeat. What good comes from this? I'm finally listened to, or at least that's how I choose to feel. I don't have to restrain from talking about what I see, because the only things I'm talking to are what I've been seeing. I eventually came to terms with producing one-sided conversations with entities, and they did nothing but listen, and never argued that I was insane. If I can remember correctly, the doctors did mention another illness, schizophrenia I believe, in which there could be episodes I am unable to differentiate between real and unreal experiences. So, how am I to know what is real and what isn't? Thank you for listening to Night Scare. Join us again next time for more chilling stories.